calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. From the creators of the hit kids podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. Listen to mysteries about true histories on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. I'm Tanya Infinity, and I'm eight years old. And I'm Gertie, the tortoise. We're the oldest living land animal on the planet. She's 186 years old. She's also my best friend and has a special time traveling show. It's true. Zoom, zoom. Together, we go back in time to meet inspiring people and learn all about history. Who knows where we'll go today? Time traveling Tanya and her best friend, Gertie. All about the past on a tortoise shell that moves so fast. Who knows where we will go today? Could be anywhere or any day. History is right here with us with time traveling Tanya and Gertie. Slowly, she crept down the hallway, getting closer and closer and closer when all of the sudden hey tanya Gah! what you doing in the dark with that flashlight under your chin gertie you startled me you can't just go around sneaking up on eight-year-olds we're very sensitive oh i'm so sorry i didn't mean to scare you well, i didn't say i was scared just surprised I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm very brave. I did know that about you. <laughs> Which is why I have to get my spooky story just right. Ooh, you're writing a spooky story? Trying to. It's for school. But Tommy Drooper keeps saying that girls can't write spooky stories. Oh, I see. So now I really have to write something spooky. Something so spooky, Tommy will crawl under his desk and hide. Only... What? Why are you worried? Well, I don't know how to write a spooky story. I've never written one before in my whole life. Should I start with a ghost or a goblin or a ghoul? And what even is a ghoul? Whoa, girl, slow down. You know, a lot of writers use their own lives as inspiration for their stories. Maybe we need to take a spooky time traveling adventure to find yours. Okay, but, um... Well, is it possible to get inspiration without it being scary? Not that I'm scared or anything, given how brave I am, but, you know, I just want to save the fright for my story. Sure, 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 sure. Nothing to do with being scared. 
tell you what. Let's go back and meet a young woman who wrote one of the greatest horror or spooky stories ever written. Yes, the suspense is killing me. The eight-year-old girl hopped on her best friend's shell. It was covered in dusty cobwebs. The girl took the creaky, rusty seatbelt and buckled herself in to be safe. But safe from what? And safe from who? I am brave. I am brave. I am brave. I am brave! This place isn't spooky at all. It's beautiful. Look at the lake and those mountains covered in snow. Those are the Swiss Alps. We're in Geneva, Switzerland, a small country in the middle of Europe. Switzerland is known for its skiing, chocolate, fancy watches, and cheese. Like Swiss cheese? The kind with the holes in them? Yep, this is where Swiss cheese comes from. Cool. We're in the year 1816, and this big, beautiful home is called the Maison Chapuis. It's where one of the most famous horror and science fiction novels ever written will begin. What is a science fiction novel? Well, a novel is a book that tells a made-up or fiction story, and science fiction is a story that has things in it like technology, outer space, or time travel. Time traveling stories? <laughs> That'll never work. <laughs> Tanya, meet my friend Mary Shelley. Nice to meet you, Mary. How do you do, Miss Tanya? I am right heartily glad to see you. Uh, oh, and a curtsy. Yes, we're definitely in a more formal time. Here in the early 1800s, there are lots of must-dos or etiquettes that people have to follow. It's what's called the Regency Era. It's a great time of art and literature. Darn, I forgot to wear my gown. Mary is English, but she's on vacation in Geneva with her husband and their friends. They'll spend the summer riding, boating on the lake, and talking late into the night. It proved a wet, ungenial summer, and incessant rain often confined us for days to the house. Um... That just means it rained a lot, so they had to stay inside. It also makes a perfect setting for ghost stories. Now we're talking ghost stories. I'm here for inspiration. That's why I came here, too. Mary Shelley was born Mary Wollstonecraft Godwin in the year 1797. My mother was an educator and writer, and my father was a journalist and novelist. A novel is a book that tells a made-up story. That's right. One story that is not made up is that my mother died less than a fortnight after giving birth to me. I love building forts. The trick is getting the number of pillows just right. That way they can hold up the blankets and... <laughs> No, not a fort like a blanket fort. A fortnight is what people back in this time call 14 days or two weeks. Oh, I see. Oh, how sad. So only two weeks, I mean a fortnight after you were born, your mom died? Yes, it really is tragic. But my father wrote a book about my mother. And my mother had written many things, too, so I was able to remember her through her writings. Mary's parents were writers and well-known for speaking up for women's rights, which not many people do way back in this time. And because my parents valued education, they encouraged me to think for myself. 
Mary grew up around books, games, and she got to meet all sorts of interesting and smart people who influenced the kind of person she'd grow up to become. When I was 15, my father said, her desire for knowledge is great, and her perseverance is almost invincible. That means not giving up even when things get hard. He was boasting that I was curious, dedicated, and stubborn. I'm simply not willing to do things the way everyone else does. I have my own goals and dreams, including editing and promoting the work of my father and his publishing company. A publishing company helps writers get their stories out into the world. Stories like the ones we've been telling here on a vacation. Mary and her husband, Percy Bysshe Shelley, are here as the guest of a famous poet named Lord Byron. Lord Byron has challenged each of us to tell a ghost story around the campfire tonight. Ooh, Gertie says sometimes writers use their own life for inspiration. So what's your story going to be about? How it's cold and rainy, this giant house, where the holes in Swiss cheese really come from? <laughs> not exactly, but you're not far off. A lot of writers think about what to write based on true stories that have happened to them. Then they change the details to make the story more exciting or scary or funny. Every morning, Lord Byron asks, have you thought of a story? And each morning, I am forced to reply with a mortifying negative. That means no, she hasn't come up with a story yet. But that's about to change. I spent all night staying up beyond midnight working on my story. Midnight? That's way past my bedtime. <clears throat> when I placed my head on my pillow, I did not sleep. My imagination, unbidden, possessed and guided me gifting the successive images that arose in my mind with a vividness far beyond the usual bounds of reverie. Um... She's saying she had nightmares. I have scary dreams sometimes, too. One time in a dream, I showed up to school in nothing but my underwear. Talk about a nightmare. That's not exactly the kind of nightmare Mary had. You see, last night around the campfire, the conversation turned to the idea that it might be possible to bring the dead back to life. Here in the early 1800s, scientists are experimenting with frogs. They've discovered that a dead frog's legs will twitch if an electrical charge is run through it. And this is what I dreamt about and started the idea for my story. You wrote a story about a dead frog? You mean a frog that croaked? <laughs> Get it? Doesn't sound like a very hoppy story to me. Oh, what great mirth. <laughs> that means amusement. No, Mary didn't write about a dead frog, but she did write about another creature coming back to life. Overnight, what started as a little spark of my own idea made me think about my own hard times. Mary will find comfort in her writing all throughout her life. Sadly, she'll suffer many tragedies. Not only did her mother die, three of her own four children will die at birth too. And yet she continues writing. And it all starts at that campfire over there. Come on, it's time for a ghost story. Oh, okay, um, yeah, and, and maybe we can make some s'mores while we're at it. S'mores always makes things a little less scary. Again, not that I'm scared. Of course not. I saw the hideous phantasm of a man stretched out and then, on the working of some powerful engine, show signs of life and stir with an uneasy, half-vital motion. Ooh, I would be scared if I actually understood those words. <laughs> You're right. 
It's written in old classic English, which at first can be confusing. Mary is talking about a hideous, disgusting, and ugly creature. It's a monster brought to life by electricity. Like the frogs! Exactly! And the man to do this in her story is a scientist named Victor Frankenstein. I've heard of Frankenstein. He's the big green guy with bolts on his neck. Oh, that's probably for the electricity. I just now got that. Actually, that's the creature, or the monster. Frankenstein is the doctor who built him. But most people confuse this. I know it's a scary story, but Frankenstein is a pretty funny name. Frankenstein Castle is actually a real castle in Germany. That's where the name came from. Ah, more inspiration from real life. Mary's story tells about how at first the creature is a good guy, even though he's ugly because he was built from different parts. The creature gathers firewood for a poor family, clears snow from their walkway. He thinks they're friends, but he hides from them because he's so hideous. When the creature finally tries to talk to the family, they are terrified. And once he realizes that people in the town will always be afraid of him because he looks different, that's when the creature turns into a real monster. Ah! As the misunderstood creature says in my story, I am malicious because I am miserable. Malicious means he was mean and wanted to hurt people. See, in the end, Frankenstein is not just a horror science fiction story. It's a story about how people treat each other, especially those who are different from them. It's about what it's like to feel that you don't belong. And that if you're not nice to people, they can become mean monsters? That's right! Mary's story around the campfire is so good, her husband will encourage her to keep writing it. What she thought would be just a short story will be expanded into Mary's first novel. I'll only be 19 years old when I finish it. And it'll be published in 1818 when Mary is just 21 years old. I'll call my novel Frankenstein or the modern Prometheus. Prometheus? Prometheus is a story from old Greek mythology. He was the god of fire, and just like how Victor Frankenstein's science gave the creature life, Prometheus gave humans life. Only Frankenstein abandons the creature out of fear for what he's made. Either way, most people just call the book Frankenstein. But the full title shows that there's much more to Mary's story than just scaring people. It's a story with lessons that make people think about life and how we treat others. Plus, as one of the first science fiction novels written, it'll inspire others to write their own stories. Yeah, like what if an eight-year-old girl was told she couldn't write a scary story and was treated different by the other kids, and she got so mad that she turned into a monster? <gasps> That's it! I'm finally inspired! I'm so sorry, Miss Shelley, but I have to go back to now to work on my own spooky story. Farewell. I leave you and in you the last of humankind whom these eyes will ever behold. Um... That's another quote from her book. She's just saying goodbye. Ah, dramatic. Okay, Tanya, buckle on up. Time to head back. <clears throat> Farewell, Mary Shelley. Thanks for being willing to use your own life to write Frankenstein. Beware, for I am fearless and therefore powerful. Ooh, yeah, I like that. Me too. I am fearless. So, Tanya. 
Sonia, how did your spooky story go at school? It was great. Not only did I get an A for the assignment, I made half the class scream because they were so scared. <gasps> well, that's great. Sure was. And in my story, there's a hideous and scary green monster who travels through time. I call it Franken-Tortoise. Franken-Tortoise? <gasps> hideous monster? Hey! What? You said find inspiration from real life. You're right. I guess I did. Rawr! Ah! Curdy. <laughs> you mean Franken-Tortoise? Mary Shelley continued to work as a professional writer of novels, short stories, and for magazines. After her husband died, she was able to support herself and her son by writing, which was very unusual for a woman to do at that time. She also continued her mother's good work for helping women that people in society wouldn't help because, just like her creature, they were different. The novel Frankenstein was originally published anonymously. That means the writer was unknown. But it became so successful that Mary finally got the credit she deserved. The story's been retold in movies, plays, comedies, and even in time-traveling podcasts. In fact, not only was Frankenstein the first example of a science fiction story, the famous inventor Thomas Edison made a 15-minute film of Frankenstein in 1910. It's thought to be the first horror film ever made, yet another inspiration taken directly from Mary Shelley. Go, kid, go! Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right, you can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features, like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. Do you like to laugh? Ah, who am I kidding? Who doesn't like to laugh? So, okay, if you love to laugh, you'll love Don't Break the Rules. It's a hilarious comedy improv podcast where the voice actors make up their lines on the spot and try to be the only actor who doesn't break the rules. These talented actors are great at coming up with silly scenes and stories when they follow the rules for the episode. And it gets even sillier when they accidentally break the rules. The stories are guided by suggestions from kids like you, and the episodes feature laughs, burps, and the occasional unicorn. So if you'd like to giggle and play along, be sure to listen to Don't Break the Rules wherever you listen to podcasts.